0: Hello, this is Dr. Mike Barnett with the First Baptist Church of Ocean Springs, Mississippi. Thank you so very much for tuning in to our podcast, and I pray that today's message will be a blessing and an encouragement to you. We are engaging our people at First Baptist Church in an emphasis called, Who's Your Mission? It is a challenge to personal soul winning and personal evangelism for the year 2023. We've asked our people to ask God for at least one soul to be burdened for that they might go after that soul and win them to the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the theme of these current messages. And I pray that they will encourage you to be a soul winner, and go after one soul that needs to be saved now and to know Jesus now. I pray these messages will help you. And again, thank you for tuning in. Uh, this morning, I left this morning where I hunt for at 445. 730. So I'm ready to go. If I fall asleep between here and the end of the sermon, I'll know how some of you feel. All right. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Psalm 107. Psalm 107. I want to speak today on the subject of a thankful Christian. Of a thankful Christian. D. Martin Lloyd-Jones, I listened to a sermon of D. Martin Lloyd-Jones on the way home this morning, and he said, it is a fundamental fact in the soul of a Christian that he is thankful, that he has this innate ambition and drive to be a thankful person, to celebrate in his heart and mind and soul, what Christ has done for him and her. And that is so true, and we see it played out throughout the entire Scripture. You know, Thanksgiving is uh, its my favorite holiday uh, for many reasons. One being is uh, sweet potato pie. But uh, there's a little, few more, more serious reasons. Another is the fact that it's the most biblical, if not the only biblical holiday we have. You say, well, what about Christmas? Well, when I say biblical, Christmas is certainly something that is taught in the Scripture, and I'm thankful we celebrate nothing wrong with Christmas. But, but uh, we're never commanded to celebrate the birth of Christ. We're commanded to celebrate the resurrection of Christ uh, by His life in us hourly and momentarily, daily. And we're commanded to celebrate corporately the resurrection of Christ every Sunday. But Thanksgiving, we're commanded all through Scripture to be a thankful people. It's, It's every epistle everywhere through the Scriptures. The entire book of Psalms talks about the quality of a, of the people of God is that they are a thankful and praising people. We are a thankful people. That is what is about us. And so it's, it's my favorite holiday in that respect. Uh, I think we are the one of a handful of nations in the world that have a national holiday called Thanksgiving. I think Liberia is one of them. And Grenada's another, and we have a national holiday called Thanksgiving, and I'm thankful for that, that somewhere along the line, our political leaders said we need to set aside a day the year to be thankful for the blessings of God upon our country. But I think also football's taking it over <laughs> and overshadows it like all good things. But I'm still thankful for it. And so I I always pause before I preach a sermon, one sermon on Thanksgiving at Thanksgiving time. Because I don't want you to think that I'm promoting the idea that we just give thanks a certain season of the year. Because it's 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 Throughout the Scriptures, we're to be a thankful people daily. Give thanks daily, to be thankful. And one thing I I hope that I have encouraged you and taught you in these years is to be a thankful people. And the book of Psalms speaks much about thanksgiving. So with that being said, let's begin. The book of Psalms is a compilation of five books To us, we read it as one book, but it is five books that were combined into one book called the Psalms. Uh, You can see, you might have in your uh, Bible, in Psalm 107, you might have where it says Book 5, 107 through 150. Well, that means this is the first Psalm in in the fifth book of the Hebrew Psalter, the Hebrew hymn book, if you will, the Hebrew song book. The book of Psalms has Psalms stretching all the way back, authored by Moses. Psalm 90 was written by Moses. That's an old song. You ever heard of the Oldies? Well, that's one of the Oldies. The book extends with divinely inspired, God given poetry. Uh, stretching over 900 years. Each one of the five books has a major theme. That's not to say the themes don't overlap, but each one of the five books has a major theme. If you want to know those themes, enroll in William Carey University and take me for Old Testament, and I'll teach you those themes. But also, each book... Of the five ends with a doxology of praise unto the Lord. For example, look at 106 verse 48. You're there now. If you opened up your Bible, it says, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting, and let all the people say, Amen. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. Every one of the books ends with a doxology similar to that amen and praise ye the lord and i point this out to you to tell you that the book of psalms was just not somebody over a uh, in a period of time or a group of somebodies over centuries saying oh i like this one i like this one let's just put them all together there is it is a highly organized a uh, structured hymn book you can see the blue book in front of you. Sometimes we open up our hymn books and you have an organized book. You have uh, an index that has even the meters to the hymns. You didn't know I knew that word, did you? All right. You can look in there and find authors and tunes and, and uh, then each it's put into different sections. Well, the, the Hebrew hymn book, the ancient book, of the Hebrew people, God's people, was organized. Not just some hodgepodge, put-together book. And it is interesting in the way it's been put together, highly organized. As a matter of fact, it's so highly organized that chapter or Psalm 107, which is the first psalm of book 5 really is the third in a trilogy of 105, 106, and 107. They fit together. So even beyond the scope of book 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, they are highly organized. And what's interesting about this trilogy of, Psalm, of Psalms is that each one details the history of Israel from the Exodus Through the wilderness journey of 40 years, and when that generation died out, they go into the promised land. Those three Psalms, 106, uh, uh, 105, 6, and 7, they all speak to that history, and they give it to us in a different perspective. So you can just imagine the, the Hebrew choir in the temple or the synagogue somewhere as they would sing these psalms. And the music minister would get up and say, we're going to sing this particular psalm. I I don't think he said Psalm 105, but he would name that psalm, and they would sing 105. And 105 is the psalm that sings about the history of Israel from the Exodus to the Promised Land in terms of the faithfulness of God through it all. The faithfulness of God through it all. Let me just read to you. Uh, Oh, give thanks. 105, verse 1 says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. In other words, be a thankful people of God and get a mission. Make it known amongst see whose your mission's everywhere. It's everywhere. Sing unto him, sing psalms unto him. Talk ye of all his wondrous works. Glory ye in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice who seek the Lord. Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his face forever. Remember his marvelous works that he hath done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. So Psalm 105 speaks of that history in terms of the faithfulness of God. But then can you imagine sitting in temple or, or synagogue one day and the, the psalter stands up and says, we're going to um, recite and sing what we know of as Psalm 106. It details the same history, but instead of emphasizing the faithfulness of God, it illustrates and emphasizes the failures of the people. They sang songs about their mess-ups. They sing songs about their sin. Isn't that incredible? How would you like for Jay to get up here one day and today we're going to sing about your sins? Well, I guess it'd be biblical, Jay. I'm not going to write it. i got my own i got to write about. But look at, look at uh, 106, verse 43. Let me just illustrate this to you. Many times he did deliver them... But they provoked him with their counsel and were brought low for their iniquity. Nevertheless, he regarded their affliction when he heard their cry. You'll never hear that song on K-Love or any other Christian station. But that's what they sang about. It emphasized how God still stayed with them, did not abandon them, even though they sinned over and over again. So Psalm 105, emphasizes the faithfulness of God through it all. Psalm 106 emphasizes the failure of of the people overall and through it all. Psalm 107, our text emphasizes the future that God has for his people, in particular Israel, but in principle us, through it all. And it's an incredibly written book or chapter. It takes a prophetic leap from Israel inheriting the promised land all the way to when he will regather Israel as he is doing now in our day and age from the four corners of the earth. And whenever this psalm was written, whether David wrote it and referring back to the Exodus, or rather Ezra wrote it and referred back to the Exodus and forward to um, the regathering of Israel from Babylon, Regardless, we see a proper response. How do God's people respond to life, to what He has done for us? How do we express our gratitude for what God has done for us in Christ? So this morning, I want to give you four characteristics of a thankful, praising Christian. A Christian who is thankful, who takes what God has put in him and her and manifests it in their deportment of life and their attitude day by day, not just on this Thursday, but every day, every day. Folks, Thanksgiving's got to be more than just one day. Amen? It's got to be daily. Let me tell you something about Thanksgiving Day. Everybody's thankful when you sit down and you pass the plates around the table But then somebody's got to clean up. Amen? And that's when I get real interested in football. I go get on that couch and you're going to help clean up? I'm interested in football. I'm going to go take a nap. I got this melatonin in me, I got to go sleep it off. Amen? That's got to be every day. Be a thankful person. Raise your kids to be thankful for what God has done. How do you start being a thankful person? Well, let me give it to you, and this is very complicated, and this is is PhD stuff right here. How do you start being a thankful person? Just be thankful. Just learn to say, thank you, Lord. Ask Him to help you see the good things that come your way, and just be thankful. You know, it's it's not about doing. It's not about doing. It's about being. Listen to what um, is taught in the New Testament. This is from Colossians 3. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Be ye thankful. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. That's what you're called to as the body of Christ. And be thankful. And then he skips down and he says, And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks. You know, people often ask me, How do you do something in the name of Jesus? Well, one thing is be, be thankful when you're able to do it. And so, be ye thankful is first. And then give thanks is second. You got to be. And that comes with Christ in you and the fullness of the Holy Spirit. So Psalm 107, four characteristics to see, no, five characteristics of a thankful person. Number one, a thankful Christian has something to say. A thankful Christian has something to say. Psalm 107, verse 1, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good for his mercy endures forever let the redeemed of the lord say so whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy oh give thanks that little phrase oh give thanks or oh that exclamation of desire and in and, and passion and great great height of Burden and desire is found throughout the whole psalm here, Psalm 107. And he starts out, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy endures forever. Let me ask you something, folks. Isn't it wonderful that God is good? And do you believe he's good? Well, if you don't believe he's good, and you're struggling right now with what's happening to you, and what you're enduring, and you're just questioning the goodness of God, then you have the next thing. You have His mercy endures forever. And when His mercy endures forever, and you learn to apply that, you'll soon learn and be reminded of how good He is. But see, a thankful Christian has something to say. Has something to say. You know, um, this. The people of God are thankful, and they say it. They speak it. They express it. You know, you read the the Bible, and you will find that the people of God are a musical people. They're always singing. We have 150 chapters in the Bible, plus in other books, but 150 chapters in the book of Psalms, which are songs that the people of God sang. We have um, scriptures that talk about singing and making melody in your hearts. We are an expressive people and a musical people, and we sing. We always need to be a singing church and sing unto the Lord and express our gratitude and our thanksgiving. Let me ask you something. Do you have something to say? A thankful Christian has something to say about his redemption, about the blessings of God upon him. He recognizes them. He has something to say, and he says it to two people. First of all, he says it to the Lord. That's praise. You know what? That's why you gather on the Lord's day. That's why you come to church, to praise the Lord. Now, maybe some of you up front came because mom and dad said you're coming. But I want to tell you, for the most part, you come to church to praise the Lord and to hear his word so you can obey him and give him a a sacrifice of thanksgiving in your life. That's praise. But also, the saved person, the thankful Christian, has something to say to those outside of the Lord, to to the whole world to your neighbors, your friends, your mission. So while giving thanks to God is praise, when you express how thankful you are to the Lord, to the lost, that's testimony. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Now let me ask you something. Do you have something to say? Do you have something to say? You know what? There's many reasons why Christians do not share their faith today and why they don't testify to the lost world today about the goodness and mercy of God. There's a lot of reasons. We've covered some of those reasons in our Who's Your Mission sermons. And one reason we hit upon is because it may be that you don't share anything because you don't have anything to share. You don't share the gospel because you don't know the gospel. You've never experienced the gospel. But here in a... A Hebrew command, he says in the grammar, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, because they have something to say. They have something to say. And it is, I have been redeemed by the Lord. And this is what that means. Second of all, if you go down to verse 8, we see another O. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men, for he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. So a thankful Christian is satisfied with Jesus. He's satisfied with Jesus. Notice the one who is not satisfied with Jesus. Such as sit in darkness, in verse 10 and in the shadow of death being bound in affliction and iron, because they rebelled against the words of God, despised the counsel of the Most High. Therefore, he brought them down, their heart, brought down their heart with labor, and and they fell down, and there was none to help. And so, he, he satisfies, but there's some folks who aren't satisfied. They're burdened, they're broken down. Let me ask you, what keeps you from being satisfied in Jesus? Is he enough for you? Is he enough? The text tells us that they were disobedient to the Word of God, this whole generation. And they had nothing but contempt for the counsel of the Most High. And as a result, they were in darkness, and the shadow of death just just oppressed upon them, and they were like they were locked in a dungeon. And verse 12 says, God chastised them, and he brought travail down upon them. And God was relentless with it until they repented and turned to the Lord. And that may be you. You may be in distress and in discouragement and depression, and there's no satisfaction in your life. The, the way you're going is not satisfying Well, I want to tell you, a thankful person and a thankful Christian soon realizes their satisfaction is always in Jesus. It's not about more and bigger and better, whatever that means, but it's about your fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's the most satisfying thing that you can have. Notice what they did. Verse 13, then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from out of their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and broke their, their bands in asunder. And so there you have what you must do. You call upon the name of the Lord and you fellowship with the Lord and there is your satisfaction. A third thing about a thankful Christian is verse 15. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he hath broken the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron and asunder. A thankful Christian is one who's delivered by the Word of God. They're delivered by the Word of God. See, in these verses, we see that sin will bind you up. The sin of unbelief bound up this whole generation that he's singing about here for 40 years until they all died out except for Joshua, Caleb, and Moses but the whole generation were just bound up in that wilderness, no purpose, just wandering around, not fulfilling what God had for them, just bound up. Well, Master, you, are you bound up with any particular sin in your life? Is there one particular sin that you've battled with for years and years? You've hidden it from everybody else. You have, you have not sought out Uh, accountability, you uh, partner, you haven't sought out somebody to pray for you, but you just battled with that one sin all your days, as long as you can remember. The book of Hebrews 12 says, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Now, that was in Hebrews 12. Hebrews 11, he talked about those faithful people. And in that list of faithful people, You have Moses is in it, and, you know, Moses was one who always jumped the gun, and Moses had a temper, so that was maybe a sin he had to deal with. You had uh, Jephthah in that list in Hebrews 11. He was one that kind of made foolish vows. Uh, You you have some unique people, people who you read back in, in the Old Testament, and you say, man, they had this one thing about them, that the Bible highlights for us. Well, that was their besetting sin. But you know what? They made it in the roll call of faith, Hebrews 11. God used them and God blessed them. And he says, so looking back on those great cloud of witnesses, and it it ties into how the Bible is given for our instruction. In in 2 Samuel, we're, we're going to start preaching through 2 Samuel in January. You know what we're going to find? We're going to find How to live for Jesus in 2023 from 2 Samuel because it's for our instruction and that's how we approach the Bible. Well, he says, seeing you have all these witnesses and all their faults and all their failures, but above it all, you see their faith. You see how they just believed God. He says, then let us lay aside every weight and the sin which just so easily beset us, and run with patience the race. So how do you set aside that sin that just binds you up? And I mean, you just say, to, you get up and say, today's the day I'm going to win. Or when that temptation comes, you say, not today, devil. And by the end of the day, you're down and you're defeated. How do you get past it? Well, he says, run with patience the race set before you, Not your own race, but the race God set before you. And what is the race that God set before you? Well, if you're a Christian and uh, you know the Lord Jesus, that race is the Great Commission. That's what he's told you to do. Be a witness for Christ. And then he says, lay aside, run the race with patience, look unto Jesus, learn about Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, be in the Word and find out all you can about who Jesus was and is and what he does for you and who he is in you and who you are in him and how he was obedient to the cross and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God and he's praying for you. That's what Hebrews 12 tells us to do. And so if you're struggling, like this singer sings about, he's broken the gates of brass and cut the bars of iron in asunder. You're struggling with a sin that just binds you up. You've got to get to the Word of God. You've got to pray. You've got to memorize Scripture and apply the Word of God to it and submit to it. Romans 6, reckon yourself dead unto sin and alive unto God in Christ Jesus. Don't don't go back and let sin reign. There's there's so much, but but a thankful Christian is somebody who realizes that. You know, there... Christians, they're not perfect people. There's some of you who don't believe that. Some of you think Christians are perfect people. Well, you just be a pastor for about two weeks. Amen? And we think that... that we, we look at some, some of our folks, and some of our folks look at other of our folks, and they say, boy, that, that lady... She has just arrived. How in the world does she have any sin in her life? I just can't believe it. She's just, she's here and the rest of us are here. And I've been around Dr. Mike and sometimes he ain't even on the scale. Well, you're right about that. Amen. You're right. Y'all don't have to deal with what I got to deal with. See, I just made an excuse. No, I'm telling you, and you look at that. Well, I won't tell you what what it is. Here's the truth. They have their battles just like you do. They have their one sin that dogs them like a hound just like you do. I promise you, they do. Romans 6, 7, and 8 teaches us that. Hebrews 12, Brother Larry, teaches us that. The Bible teaches us that. Paul, he had a problem with coveting. Read the book of Romans. That was his besetting sin. As a matter of fact, he talked about it in Philippians when he said, you know what? He said, I have learned how to keep that besetting sin in check by being content with whatever state I'm in. The great people of the Bible... And the great people in our church that you know and the great Christians you know, they have the same struggles. Don't let the devil tell you that you're all by yourself. Romans 6, 7, and 8. Paul said, the things I want to do are the things I don't do, and the things I don't want to do are the things that I do. Who will deliver me from this vile, sinful wickedness, this body? That's what Paul said that. That wasn't Peter. Peter. It wasn't Judas, it was Paul. And he said, but thanks unto God, thanks unto glory be to God in Christ Jesus, I'm victorious. And he was thankful. Glory be to God, that doxology. And a Christian is thankful because he knows it's the word of God that sets him free. So let me just say this to you. Quit reading the self-help Books. Don't get any ideas from the New York Times bestseller list to help you overcome your sin. When Jesus was being tempted, what did he do? He quoted the Word of God, and it gave him victory. Get in the Word of God and learn it and apply it. You say, well, preacher, you don't know what my sin is. Well, here's the good news. You don't know what mine is. And seeing what happened to Jimmy Swaggart and all those other, I ain't about to tell you. I want to tell you, you just have got to stay in the Word of God and learn it and memorize it. There's victory in this book. Yes. The devil runs when you quote the Word of God. Now, if you quote Mike Barnett or Joel Osteen or somebody else, he's going to say, ha, 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 That's what he's going to say. He says, really? You think that's it? But you quote the Word of God and you apply it and you pray it through in those times of temptation, that besetting sin gets set aside, not necessarily forever, but until next time. The devil left Jesus for a season. A thankful Christian is one who knows that the Word of God is his sword and his weapon, and he uses it, and it works. It has power in it, and that besetting sin is gone. Now, look, let me tell you something, friend. Uh, The sad thing about... Some believers, or maybe not, who aren't, I don't know, I'll let God speak to your heart about your spiritual condition, is they have a besetting sin and they don't even look on it as sin. They don't deal with it. And there's a lot of things to say about that, but a thankful Christian is delivered by the Word of God. Number four, we skip down to verse 21. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men and let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. A thankful Christian declares the goodness and the grace of Christ with rejoicing. And then, you might remember this text because my good friend Vince Smith, who preached for me in my absence some time ago, Went to Psalm 107 and he spoke of the mariners in these verses. And he talks about in verse 23 they go down to the sea in ships and they that do business in great waters. These see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. And he commands and raises the stormy wind which lifts up the waves thereof. They mount up to the heavens and they go down to the depths. He's talking about being on that that ship, and you're going way up here with a wave, and then you're going way down with a wave. They reel to and fro, and they stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he brings them out of their distresses. He makes the storm a calm that the waves thereof are still. Then they are glad because they are quiet. So he brings them unto their desired haven. And he starts out with that old statement in verse 21 and he says, They declare the goodness of God. They declare the goodness and grace of God with rejoicing. You ever been tossed to and fro in any given situation in hard and difficult times and struggles and life was way down, up and down and it just... Let me just ask you this. You ever been seasick? I've been seasick one time in my life. I, I don't go out on boats very much. I, I, I prefer the woods. Uh, but uh, I've been seasick one day in my life. And you know what? I never want it to happen again. I will no longer eat those little Debbie chocolate cakes before I get on board a boat. And the people I were with did just what you did they laughed at me. One of them was my preacher friend, and I told him he was the worst pastor I've ever met. <laughs> but you know, sometimes situations and hardships in life they they make you real. They 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 R-E-E-L and they disturb your existence and your flow of life and the normal just so much so you don't know what to do, and you're like a drunken man to and fro, not knowing where this storm's going to take you and what to do about it. But when it's all said and done, you realize God commanded that storm and God quieted that storm. That's how the Christian will see it. And it was all said and done, you rejoice for the goodness of and the grace of God. It's amazing. You know, the Bible says, For all things work together for good to them who are the called, and uh, those who love Him and are the called according to His purpose. You know, that's a fascinating text. And I think sometimes, though, we misapply it because it doesn't say all things are good, it says all things work together for good. And So when you're in one of these storms, it may not be good. It may not be good. But understand that God commands it, and together with everything else about Him and about you and about His providences, He's going to work it out for good. And here's where we really miss the boat Sometimes we think that good means we're going to be happy in the end and everything's just going to be hunky-dory and perfect again and all that. That's not necessarily true because the next few verses, we always stop, you know, at that verse, and we need to go read the next ones which says, He is conforming us to the image of His Son. The together for good may be making you represent Jesus stronger, even in the storm. You know, when we have storms down here on our beach, uh, you know what happens? The sidewalk, beach walkway, get towed up and there's trash everywhere. And for weeks, you might have to walk through that trash. But you get to walk through it. And it makes you more like Jesus sometimes. Number five, a thankful Christian gathers with the congregation of God's people and praise Him together. Verse 31, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. Let them exalt Him also in the congregation of the people and praise Him in the assembly of the elders. A thankful Christian gathers with the body of Christ, with the church. Back then, it was in the temple, perhaps, then maybe in the synagogues throughout the world as they were scattered. But today, it's here in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is where we gather. This is where we come to gather. And when we gather here, we praise the Lord and we give thanks. Amen. We don't worry about what the thermostat's on. We don't worry about whether or not we know the song or, oh, I wish we'd do this or wish we'd that. We came here to praise the Lord. What do you have to praise the Lord for? That's the question. Do you have something to say to the Lord today? And if you have something to say to the Lord, who are you telling about it? Who are you saying, hey, you know what I can say to the Lord? And so here's the invitation. If you don't have anything to say, I want you to come forward in the invitation, and we're going to tell you how you can have something to say to the Lord. But real quickly in closing, I want you to notice the language of this text, and it's very telling for our day. You know, one of the end-time sins mentioned in the book of Romans is ingratitude. Another is in, is disobedience to parents. Another is sexual sin. But one of the lists in Romans about the the, the the degeneration of society so much is ingratitude, just not being thankful. And it really ties in with some 107, can't you just hear the, the pathos in this man's voice Whether it's David wrote this or Ezra, people have different opinions on who wrote it. But the Holy Spirit gave it to us. Oh, that men would praise the Lord. Where is the thankful heart today? Where is the thankful Christian today? Be thankful. Be thankful to the Lord. And I could just go on and list a thousand things, but you know what what you have to be thankful for. So do you have something to say to the Lord? Let us help you get something to say to the Lord and thank Him for salvation. Let's do so. Let's stand for our song of appeal. Our Father, thank you for the Psalms. They're so rich sometimes. and Well, they always are rich. And sometimes we just get to mine these riches and, and take them with us and put them in our account and... Grow and be encouraged. Lord, may every soul here have something to say. May they have the blessing of knowing how important it is to be in your house to say it to you together. And may they also know the priority also of saying it to someone else about what God has wrought in their life. Lord, as we celebrate Thanksgiving Day with our families, Lord, I pray that uh, as people are off of work and they're gathering together, that perhaps even the most pagan of families would take pause and just uh, be thankful for the breath of life, for the heartbeat, for the bounty that will be on the table. And above all, Lord, may Christian people Be so daily. Be thankful. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have a decision that we could help you with, I'm here up front. You please come as we sing. This is Cole Andrews. Thank you for tuning in to our sermon podcast. just wanted to encourage you to visit our website, fbcosms.com.